Penu. Nice ball, Verhoeven, step over now, on side for UBC. Can he do something here? Nice cutback. And again, nice to end by Verhoeven, whips it in. Down low for Sohi, turns on it, in front of the net, they score! Shabusho, it's 2-1 in 68 minutes. We have Big a goal. game on our hands now. Victory, Shabusho, a vital strike. Pulling UBC Thunderbirds. Hey everybody, it's Jacob and Eric today, coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded and ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's very special edition of Thunderbird Eye. We have with us today men's soccer, Victory Shambusho. Welcome in. Thanks for being on the show with us. Uh, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I was chatting a bit with Victory before, and not only is this guy an incredible soccer athlete, he said he's thinking about potentially double majoring. Can you tell us a bit about that, Victory? Yeah, um, the recent weeks I had a meeting with the uh, advisors and uh, we're talking about you can do double major or you could do a major and a minor. And currently I'm interested in two courses, psychology and uh, sociology, and I'm enjoying both and I'm thinking of potentially, uh, potentially majoring in both. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, so... I guess if we're going to get this started, on the UBC roster, it says you're from Chilliwack, but you're actually originally from Congo or the Democratic Republic of Congo? Uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay, yeah. great. I, I was born in the Democratic, and then uh, when I was nine, my family moved to Uganda, and I lived there for five years, and then moved to Canada. Do you remember what uh, the DRC and Uganda were like at all? Yeah, I still remember. It was, I think, too traumatic to not remember, like, mm. uh, the early life. Why, why traumatic in, in the sense of the wars that were going on there? Yes, um, sense of the war, because my family flew from uh, Congo because of a civil war that was currently going on. But my parents didn't want to, like, uh, upset upset all, like, me and my brother, so they didn't tell us that. They told us we're just moving to Uganda because they're going to do school. But later on, they, yeah, they told us it was because of the civil war that was going on, and it was not safe in Congo anymore. And then, at at what point did your family realize you guys were moving to Canada, um, specifically Chilliwack? Okay, uh, when we moved to uh, Uganda, uh, so there was this organization that my parents they were introduced to, and they say basically, if you're a refugee in Uganda, you can apply to it and basically tell me your story and then hopefully you get a sponsor so my parents applied to it and then like after i think about four years of wait uh a church in chilliwack they chose our family to come here was that the iom yeah IOM. Yeah, okay and the uh, the church your father's a minister correct yeah he was a minister back in africa but he couldn't keep um doing so when he moved here so uh, the church that chose you guys, was that in relation to because, because he was a minister or was that something completely separate? Uh, I think uh, part, part of was because it uh, it's a church and they believe we're like a Christian uh, family with a Christian background, but we're struggling. So they, I think they thought it was a uh, much better fit and we thought it was a much better fit too since it's like a Christian congregation, uh, congregation bring us here. Right. And being the son of a minister, uh, religion, what role does it play in your life? Are you religious? Uh, yes, I am. And I, I plays like a big role. Like uh, for me, uh, it's basically God first since I was little. Yeah. That's awesome. And when you guys did come to Canada, uh, somewhere I would assume very culturally different and 
probably a lot colder um, than Uganda, if I'm if I'm correct. Yes. Uh, what what was that transition like for you? Mm, I think it was it was tough, like uh, especially like uh, the weather, uh, like the culture and stuff. Like mm. uh, one of like the most like traumatic acts. Um, experience that i remember is when we moved here uh we try we stayed with this family for a week and then when we moved into our new house we try to me and my brothers we try to go and find their house again so what we did we started walking on the highway oh and we're trying to cross and the cars are going so fast they're not stopping and me and my brother Th- this is out in chilliwack yeah and me and my brothers <laughs> are wondering on highway one me and my brothers are wondering <laughs> How come if Canada, these people are supposed to be nice, how come they're not stopping for <laughs> us? And we thought the highway was the bridge because the bridge oh is up, so that's God. the highway. This can't be the highway because it's slow. <laughs> oh, you know, my like God. And that was in the first week you were yeah, here. Yeah, that was like oh the first man. two weeks we were here. Holy cow. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they told us, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we didn't know. <laughs> Dang. And uh, is there something that you miss most about uh, Uganda or the Congo? Or was it such a long time ago that it's uh, it's yeah, been easy at this point? Um, my mom's in uh, Uganda. Definitely meet her. My uh, friends, most of my relatives, uh, like uh, basically here. All I so your your mother's actually still in Uganda. Yeah. Oh wow. So you just came across with your siblings. I came with my siblings, uh, my father, uh, my stepmom. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I guess getting into soccer, you just finished your first first year with UBC. Seven goals in ten conference games. Incredible feat. And all rookie, you got an all Canadian second team award. And how did you make sure, I guess, when you were coming to Canada and Chilliwack with all these funny experiences of you crossing Highway One and whatnot? How did you make sure that you were still involved in soccer? Well, when we came here, um, when we just moved into our new house, my brother went biking and then he seen these nice fields, like tough fields. Uh, the kids were playing and then he came running back home. He's like, Yo, I just seen some kids dressing up nice with cleats, with a lot of soccer balls play. Mm-hmm. And I think we should join. And then there's this uh, lady from our church who was supposed to. Um, w- what's the church's name? Uh, Canadian Reformed Church. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this lady, uh, her name is uh, Wilma Wilkinson. Actually, she's now, right now she's my guardian. Uh, she was supposed to help us uh, basically uh, get used to everything, like showing us how to shop, how everything works, the school. And then we talked to her, and we were like, uh, we really want to join these teams. Mm-hmm. So she figured out when the uh, tryouts were and everything, and then she arranged everything, and then we just went and tried out. And that team you first tried out for was the Chilliwack Attack? Yeah, Chilliwack FC. Chilliwack FC. Yeah, and he has, like, different teams within it. So, like, U16 will have, like, a silver, gold, uh, bronze, and they all have different names. And the team you were on was the... Uh, Chilliwack FC U16 um, attack. Okay, Yeah. great. And when, when you were moving around, I guess, through this whole time, when did you... Re- was it back in Africa that you realized you wanted to pursue soccer seriously, or was it when you moved? Uh, it was actually back in Africa, because actually... Um, in Congo, till I was nine, I didn't actually even play soccer. Uh, we just like took it as for granted. Like I didn't, I wasn't good at it. I was just whatever. But then when we moved to Uganda, that's when like uh, it's really big soccer there. Mm. And then uh, we used to see like there's people play every evening. It's very competitive. And then me and my brothers wanted to learn. And then um, eventually, when I actually started playing, like I just caught up really fast. Mm. So you, w- so when you, go- you and your uh, siblings. And was was your mother in Uganda the whole time? Or? Yeah, she was. Okay. 
And when you guys moved there, you actually didn't really play soccer before no. before you gone to Wow. No. Okay, so you picked it up around nine, yeah, nine, ten. Yeah, picked it up around nine, ten. Okay. Yeah, just developed uh, really fast. And then when you, you said you started with Chilliwack FC when you came here, mm-hmm. and then can you give us a bit of a timeline for when that started and when you moved on to the Caps residency? Um. Well, we moved here uh, in March, um, March two thousand thirteen, and then I think around April, around April. We went and tried out for Chilliwack FC. I played with them first season. That's when Coach Kurt uh, Thiessen actually comes in uh, because he was the coach. And then the first season, he saw me play and he told me, I've seen something in you that I haven't seen a lot of players I've coached. So he recommended me to the White Cups the next season. Okay. I went to the White Cups uh, residency for a tryout. Uh, the coach, I went there for a whole week. The coaches told me they like what I see, but they're like, you're playing at just a gold level. So how how old were you? Because um, it sounds like there was only a year in between when you met Thiessen and then you went to the Caps residency. Yeah, I, w- I was 15. 15, and you'd yeah. only been playing in Canada for what, a year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then Coach Thiessen, yeah, he recommended me the White Caps. Went there for a whole week uh, of trial. The coaches, they like, you know, we've... St- we like what we see, but we want to see you play at a higher level, like HPL, which is like... Uh, which is? Like, um, so there's levels um, on the youth level. So there's right. like, uh, bronze, silver, gold. And this uh, is kind of a step above. And then HPL. HPL okay. is like a step it's above. It's the elite. Yeah. Before you can step into like teams like residency and right. stuff. Right. Um, so I'm like, that's really expensive for someone who just moved here. I don't mm. have that much money because like about 2500 mm. per season to play HPL. So I was like, you know, I can't do it. I don't have enough money to play at HPL level. So I just went back and uh, played with Chilliwack for two more years under uh, Coach Kurt. Um, like uh, coaching and I even to, used to do like uh, one-on-one sessions with him. Okay. Most of the time. Uh, this was outside of team practice and all that. Yeah. And then... Um, Actually, HPL, Fraser Verdi team, they approached me and they're like, we want you to play. But I told them, uh, look, I don't think I can afford it. And then a year passed, then then they came back again. But I'm like, I can't afford it still. But then um, in 2000, 2016, in 2000, yeah, 2016, they came back again. They told me, you know what, just come out and play. Don't worry about the money. So I'm like, okay. I went there. I had actually a really good season. Um, I didn't have to pay money, but I think I replay. I repaid them off with uh, my performance on the field because they had that was the best season they ever had, uh, scoring 19 goals in 13 games for them. Wow, which was really <laughs> good. And that one and me uh, basically um, a call to a UBC camp. Okay. Then, yeah, I was with four and months. Then, and then I got it. I sorry to cut you off, but where where does Mosher come in in all of this? Kay. Because mm-hmm. did he know Tyson, or no. was completely separate? But he no. saw you via the Caps. Yeah. So, no. So my last um, here, I'm not at the Caps yet. I'm just still at the HP. I was playing HPL, uh, Chilliwack U18 attack, and playing at the Chilliwack Men's Premier Team. Okay. So yeah, I'm playing with the three teams, and then HPO like the last month there was this. Um, there was this weekend they call ID weekend, which is kind of like where all the where big all the coaches right they go and watch games. Um, 
that game I had a really good weekend. The fir- you netted three, right, or in a scrimmage or something like that. No, on the we'll get there. <laughs> on the Saturday on um on the Saturday first game we played we won uh, six nothing. I scored all six goals, <laughs> um, which was actually a double hat trick. No moment. big deal. Yeah, it was a crucial moment because the, all the coaches' eyes are there. Right. Right. And. Um, for me, I just uh, thank God most of my performance because like all the coaches are there and I'm having really really nice. I'm day. sure they were all just like bewildered, looking at yeah. looking at you like who is this kid? Yeah, and then the team that actually scored six goals on was a coach who was assistant coach for UBC back then. Mm. So he seen me, and then he told Mike, he's like, "Huh, this kid oh. well against our team." And then the next day. They watched me again. The next day, we drew two two and they scored both goals. So I had an eight mm. weekend, <laughs> a eight goal weekend, and then from there, not bad. Yeah, I got invited uh, to the UBC camp last minute too. It was like uh, they already like invited most of the players, and I got invited last minute too. So, yeah, from there, I asked, uh, I asked Mike, uh, can my brother come to to try out? And then a week later, I was here at UBC trying out. I, wow. I was very nervous. Was like, it all happened pretty quick then. Yeah, it all happened pretty quick. Uh, the first week here at the camp, that's actually the first time I met Ma- Mosher. And wh- what is your relationship with him? Like, have you guys stayed? Were you guys like you and Tyson? Were you guys had, like, you would practice one-on-one off the field? Or what, what kind of role, I guess? With Tyson? Uh, with with Mosher now. Mosher now. Um, it's, it's good. Like, uh, I think I will consider him a friend for things I've done. Like, he's more a mentor coach to me and, right uh he tried to help me um like personally not only on the field but again to be successful on the school as well so it's more like a friend coach mentor like uh, you know, and everything that he does for me i really appreciate it because it's been improving me as a person as a player on and off the field so yeah i meet mike at the camp the first day went really good and then the last day basically when they actually see you playing in a full game and that that day on it was a sunday and we played a scrimmage and our team won four two and i scored all four goals and Mm -hmm. then from there mike emailed me like personally wanting to chat more about the possibility of coming to ubc okay yeah so and when does the Whitecaps residency come into that? Okay. Um, so I have my next meeting after he emailed me after the camp. I have a meeting with him, me and my um, mom now, um, Wilma Wilkinson. And then we sat with him. And the first question he asked me, what do you want to do with your soccer career? And I'm telling him I want to go pro. Mm. And then Which is still what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he asked, he's like, okay, I'll contact you with the UBC. And I really like that part of him because he didn't actually want for his uh, own interest but he wanted the best for, for me. you yeah then that's why he recommended me to the wake ups again and then wake mm-hmm. ups they look at it's victory again so definitely he's been making some progress and then right. I well i guess if you do a few mm-hmm. double hat tricks and then you score net four it's not that bad <laughs> <laughs> no big deal and then and then i have a another tryout with them and this time it was a success and i was in my grade 12 year um had a really good trial my last day scoring a hat trick to in um scrimmage there and then yeah i got i got residency because of that this short period of time that i've known mike but he did something for me that was significant like mm-hmm. recommending me the white cups again. right and what did you feel it was a full year after you graduated high school right mm-hmm. where you played with the caps mm-hmm. uh, I was actually caps residency team. i was still going to school 
Oh, you were? Yeah, because uh, I had to go down a grade when I moved here. Ah, uh, because English. of the difference. In, uh, I couldn't speak English. Okay. Yeah. And so between going to school and then playing soccer uh, with the Caps residency team, how did you, f- what did you feel the, the residency team did for you? I think I think a lot. They told me side of the game that I think I didn't know. Like uh, when I play like a uh, uh, HPL level, like uh, or even gold, uh, not even like trying to brag. It was kind of easy. It was right. easy. But when I came with this the residency environment, it kind of challenged me. Mm-hmm. Playing with players with almost same ambition as me, same like physicality, like same skills. It was set. a higher level. Yeah, it's it just something higher. that you so need to challenge yourself, yeah, right, so to get it, better. It challenged me. Uh, it challenged me that I had to push myself every training, every game, and it was good. Like it was going really good for the most part till I got injured for four months mm. with a groin injury again. Right, so. sidelined you. It was yeah. hard coming back, I assume. Yeah, and it was hard coming back again to break into the team when like. Uh, before I got injured, we went down to Florida. I started again, uh, but I was out a week before that because of the growing. So I was out so I could travel. But then my first game there, had a good game. Um, but at the end of the game, I wasn't feeling it. And the next day, I just woke up. I couldn't play. I, so I barely played that weekend. And then I was off for four months. And then coming back, trying to uh, get fit, get healthy, get it breaking back in the team was tough. And mm-hmm. the season had like two three months left in it yeah and i guess caps residency is winding down at this point what was was there a factor or a reason why you chose ubc because you had offers from other schools i'm assuming yes i did i did have uh, other offers but for me again a significant factor is what mike did for me like uh, i had really good other offers from other universities but the thing that mike did for me that actually that i wanted to play for mike was that um he believed in me the first time he saw mm. me play he believed in me and he wanted me to push myself as far that i can go that he recommended me the wake cups and you know for me i think uh it was loyalty to him mm. we're here with victory shambusha we're gonna take a quick break for ads and psas and we'll be right back three women dressed in lingerie were hanging from the ceiling on meat hooks In an adjacent room, a man was in bed with two deceased females, also wearing lingerie. He positioned their arms in a sexy embrace. Down the hall, a man holding a chainsaw stood over the motionless body of a sixth woman lying on a table covered in plastic. These are scenes from a popular music video by a Grammy Award-winning artist. If we want violence against women to stop, shouldn't we stop treating it like entertainment? Join the conversation at hashtag not okay. some kind of indigenous radio show? It sure is. Tell me, are you down for decolonization? What? I certainly wish I could hear about indigenous issues, people, and events on the radio. You're in luck, because Unseated Airwaves talks about all these things and more every Monday morning at 11. Music from indigenous artists and coverage of all the hot happenings in indigenous art and entertainment. On CITR 101.9 FM. Oh, wow. And they broadcast all this from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people? Find out for yourself Monday mornings at 11, or find episodes online at citr.ca. Today we're joined in the studio by the Cedar Program Youth. Where you are at. 
Hello and welcome back. We're here with Victory Simbusho live in studio, uh, CITR 101.9 FM. Uh, you had a great season with the with the Thunderbirds this year. Um, obviously, the seven goals in conference play, uh, nine goals total in the season. Um, there was that big um, Canada West final game. You were down two nothing. You had that goal that sparked the comeback, um, and that you won the you won the championship, the Canada West championship in your first season. So, how does that feel, sort of coming to a new team and instantly making an impact like that? Well, um, coming in, I knew that they would bring me in for a player who will have an impact on the team. And then playing in the final game, one thing that was in the back of my mind was that we can't lose this game because we just actually lost to them like uh, a week ago. We lost to right. them at the home That's game right. and it was big. And uh, Trinity, like number one rivals with us. That was before playoffs had started, right? Yeah, yeah. But that game didn't really mean anything to us that I think most of the players were just like, you know, whatever, we'll just go in and everything will be fine. But they want, they were going in for the blood. They were ha- they wanted to win in front of their fans. And we lost that game 2-1. And I think when it came to the final, everyone knew we, c- we, can't, lo- we can't lose like uh, in front of our, fan- our fans and the coaches and everyone. Like uh, for me, like uh, my parents were there and I was just, uh, can't lose. And then being down to nothing, like for me, just our coach kept screaming. Mike <laughs> kept screaming. We just have to get one because right. we, we had the control of the game. Uh, they scored every time they went up. The coach just kept, we have to get one. We have to get one. And then when the chance arose and I scored the first goal, I just felt like we we're going to come back. It was late. 69th and, minute, and though. It was, yeah, it was it, late. It, it sort of felt like the comeback was on. Like you saw, you grab, grabbed the ball, ran it up to the center. Um, it was just like... It, it felt like you guys had it under control from that point. Like mm-hmm. You're going to come back. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, an amazing first year at UBC. Um, a lot of times it takes players who move in the university sports to, like, sort of... They usually come into their own more in their third, fourth year. You're going to be starting your second year now. Um, so many of the players on the Thunderbirds team are also young players. What does that uh, do for the team going forward, that so many of the team has so many years left at UBC? Well, I th- I think it helps. It gives us a chance to build like uh, the cohesion within the team. Like uh, last year, we finished fourth nationals, but we had a really young team and we had the players, uh, crucial players, uh, like injured, such as myself, playing with a injury. We had another like. Oh, uh, you were actually playing through the injury at that, yeah, at we that ha- point. Yeah, we had yeah um, we had Carmen Carmen as well had a knee injury. Mm-hmm. We had like okay. crucial players with injuries. So and you still got fourth, and we still got fourth. So and we had a really young team that's been now playing together. And this year we are hosting. We just added in like few uh, key players on the team. Uh, hosting nationals this year? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we just added a uh, few key players, and then the chemistry that we've built throughout the last season, just bring that into the new season. I think we're actually looking at a really bright future for our team. Yeah, definitely. Um, so looking more of a, do you feel like you had a good impact in your first season? Do you feel like you stepped up and were able to fulfill the role the way you wanted to uh, coming to a new team? Yes. Um, usually I set myself goals before uh, the season. And uh, I think most of my goals that I set up for myself, uh, I feel like uh, I fulfilled them. And I feel like I, I did have an impact. But pr- personally, like uh, I think I could have performed better. But injuries comes in there's things that come in that you can't do anything about it but i feel like overall the team we did really good for such like the average age of the team and injuries and stuff like that 
So if you're you're injured, you've had the off season um, to sort of recover. Are you doing anything in specific to sort of like get back in playing shape? Any like routines that you might have or anything like that? Uh, well, right now I'm just uh, doing gym, going to pull as much as I can to stay fit because I can't run. Uh, my physio doesn't recommend it, so I'm just trying to do any activity that doesn't aggravate my uh, injury but help me to stay fit so that when the time comes, I'm not too rusty. Do you have like a timeline for a return or anything like that? Uh, actually, currently my physio said two to maybe four months, but wow. it depends on how uh, the different approaches that they have go. Okay, so maybe you missed the preseason a little bit, but you'll be back when the season no. sort of gets into. No, I think thing. I should be good for preseason. You should because yeah, preseason is still really far away. We don't start right. till August, like end of August. Oh, okay. So. so last year it was June that you guys started, so I wasn't sure or July, I think. No, it was actually August. We play. Really? We still play right now. We're currently still playing, but it's not official. Like oh, just, uh, just it's like, like friendlies and whatnot. Yeah, week. friendlies are uh, training once, uh, no, twice a week, and in the gym. It's like that. But then the official preseason comes start in August, like, uh, 19th. 20th. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So you should be good to go by then. Yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. Um, so the team obviously looks good. Um, the 2-1 win over Portland. Um, do you expect a better performance or a similar, like, do you, are you guys looking at another championship season uh, this year, do you guys think? Yeah, I honestly, I think so. I think if we uh, don't get um, any championship this season, we'll like we'll either play it really bad or just don't have the chemistry because from what I've seen, I think we're a team that should be winning championship next season. And you think that the the home field advantage uh, for the national championship, should that give you guys the edge that you need to maybe? Because it looked um, sort of when you guys were coming into the national championships, you were heating up at the right time. Like you're, a lot of the team's best games of the season were in that late uh, playoffs period. Mm-hmm. Um so it looked like you guys were really close, and then just it, you know, with the injuries and with everything that happened, yeah. it didn't come together. So will the home field advantage sort of like maybe give you that extra edge? I think so. I think like uh, on one point you shouldn't be relying on just being home in order to win. But again, being home, uh, playing in front of your fans, uh, most of the players, family there, it gives you a little bit extra boost for you to even work extra harder. So I think it will definitely give us a little bit of help, but it shouldn't really matter where you were in order to perform. Yeah, well, definitely when Nationals comes around, we'll be telling all the listeners out there to come out and support, as, as we do when there's big events happening at UBC. Yeah. Um, so what's your plan for after UBC, actually? Because, I mean, you have a lot of years left here and hopefully a lot of successful years. Um, I know you're talking about going pro. Do you have any sort of, like, are there any leagues that you're looking at in specific or anything like that? Um, well, for me, honestly, right now, just focusing on getting back at 100%. Like, in the last two to three years, I haven't played a single game or training when I'm, like, 100% full healthy. I've mm-hmm. been having this growing problem. And right now, I'm just focusing on getting back to 100% full healthy because there's a few teams and few coaches already contacted me. But I think that those are open. I just have to be 100% and then see. Are we allowed to know who these teams <laughs> and coaches are? No, yeah, I don't top th- secret. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, when, I, when we had Matt Hewitt on, um, he was actually talking about a couple of teams in the British Elite League that he was looking at going on he's to. He's the goalie after. for the, the hockey team here, the yeah. men's hockey team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's he's going on to the British Elite League, I believe, after his um, his with his hockey career coming to an end a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, um, thanks for coming on. Uh, do you have any other questions you want to I, ask? Yeah. I, do you have a, a moment, I guess, that sticks out to you from last season? Anything, mm-hmm. whether it was like, uh, a personal accomplishment or something funny or just anything that really, I guess, stuck in your mind? Um, I'll say that uh, 
kind of the worst fighters. Right. Like uh, just when uh, you netted the when you netted the goal. Not even that. I just don't. I the like the composure and the leadership from the players and just the spirit to fight till the end. Because that was something unbelievable. Even uh, Coach Mike, too, he said that's, like, one of the most significant moments of his mm-hmm. coaching career. Like, to see a team that fights till the end. The yeah. comeback was incredible. I, I, I mean, believe most of the people counted us out when it was 2 nothing. Espe- especially considering how young the team is. Yeah. Like, usually with, with a young team like that, you might, like, be a little defeatist. But you guys, you were completely in there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely composed, as you said. Yeah. It was a really impressive victory, yeah. for sure. And last question before I let you go. Yeah. Why soccer? Like, what what is soccer in your life? What does it do for you? I I think th- uh, soccer to me is a gift given to me mostly by God. I like to think that, like, it's not came up to, uh, to myself by my own works or my own uh, work ethic. It's a g- I think it's a gift. And for me, most I connect with personal because of the traumas in africa every time i play soccer it made me forget of the tro- problems that were going on like mm. uh, the world the problems going back home not having food it just every time i played it made me forget those problems uh, it was like i was in this space where there's no problems and i just forgot about all the troubles and every time i play it just i mean like in this zone where no one can touch me and everything is good well thank you so much victory for coming on today it was a pleasure ubc men's soccer forward victory shambusha with us today thank you all so much for tuning in we're going to take a quick look around the league as we haven't been on for the past couple weeks uh basketball is wrapped up uh u sports calgary dinos for the men's winning their first ever basketball title the carlton ravens beat the huskies for the women's title men's and women's ubc volleyball have advanced to the national u sports tournament after the women's team captured silver and men's won bronze that action starts friday women are in laval quebec and men are in Hamilton, Ontario. Baseball and softball are uh, 9-15 and 15 and 3-8, and eight respectively. Baseball now finishing up a road trip. Women's just embarking on a quick four-game away trip down to Oregon. Golf just won the Fraser Valley Invitational, and both men's and women's are now off to Nipton, California for another round of action. And last but not least, men's field hockey. Five different current players or alum that will be representing Team Canada in 2018. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Uh, I've changed your text. It is actually Quebec City. It's not Laval. Oh, Quebec. <laughs> that was, sorry. That's on me. Um, but yeah, also, um, men's volleyball, that is actually going to get underway at 10 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, so early morning uh, volleyball for you guys. Uh, also coming up this weekend, as Jacob mentioned, softball, baseball, and men's rugby. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah, and, thanks uh, again, Victory, for coming in, sitting down to chat with us. Thank you all for tuning in to CITR 101.9. If you like what we do, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Now the upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob and Eric. Listen Thursdays, 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.